Welcome to the Perfect First Layer Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we answer questions from you, the 3D printing community. My name is Guy from Guy Shop, and with me as always are my co-hosts, JJ and Nathan. Hello. Hey. And we do depend on your questions for this podcast, so if you have one for our panel, please go to perfectfirstlayer.com, go to the submit page, and send it along. And we also have a Patreon. We only have one level right now. We're simply asking for a small donation to help keep this podcast going. So please go to patreon.com slash perfectfirstlayer. I got that all out without... <laughs> that was a good take. Yeah, yeah. this is... This is the unedited version. This is so, the unedited version. This is yeah. the unedited liquor version. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so what do you got going on in the, in the, in the lab right now, Nathan? Um, well, I've just been doing some soul searching in my YouTube channel, trying to figure out what I want to do next. I haven't put out a video in a little while. Mm-hmm. But I've got a couple printers, a couple of projects that I'm working on and uh, trying to line up like sponsorships and stuff, which is all boring stuff that I'm sure nobody's interested in. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. No, no. Uh, so people, I, people, are here, people are here to hear about 3D printing stuff. Yeah, well, I've got some 3D printers. Um, they can 3D print things. <laughs> and I will 3D print things with them soon. Have you, since we recorded last, have you printed anything interesting that you want to share? I have printed nothing. I saw a short where you printed some grabbers. That were really oh yeah, like a six feet away. Yeah, those are fun. It's just like the scissors snake model. Um, that was like the the first really big YouTube short on three D printing. I think Mars Gizmo did like these little three D printed scissor snakes. So I'm just like, yeah, let's let's print some of those. Those are cool, and it's a really cool model. I um, I'm actually thinking about redesigning that. I'm not actively thinking about it, but back when I was printing it, I was like. Um, there's got to be a way to print this with just a one shell thickness so that it prints really fast because the way that that model is designed, it would probably hold together. So, I mean, there's a lot of optimization that could be done there. Wouldn't there be a lot of, wouldn't there be a lot of stress on the part that you're holding? You know, if it stretches out like five, six feet, if it's got just one shell, man. Right. So it'll be stronger in general, but it's also a lot lighter. So, um, I don't really pick much stuff up with it. Uh, that that giant scissor snake, I actually brought it to uh, Open Sauce in San Francisco, and I was just showing it off, and everyone was playing with it, and it finally broke at the very end of the day. Someone was really Aww. like, people were really manhandling it all day, and then it <laughs> finally broke at the very end, and I'm like, well, I'm glad it made it through two days of abuse, and it finally what, gave up. What What did you print that on? That was printed on the CRM4, just because I wanted the size. Like yeah. just scale it up to be as big as possible, and it's pretty fun to do. What what size is the bed on that? That's four fifty by four fifty millimeters, and so it's just, just thirty millimeters bigger than the Neptune Four Pro Plus Max. Big old Max, Ex- exactly. <laughs> but it's like twice as expensive, so go figure. Yeah, well, um, yeah. you know, that's that's real estate costs money. Yep, especially um, that size. But, yeah. With the scissor snakes, they're really fun because kids love playing with them. Like there's these, like a little girl would come up and be like, I'm playing with this now. And they would just like not let go of it for like 20 minutes. And then uh, I, I, have it. I gave them uh, one of the little ones, like oh, okay. the, the 100% scale, the normal size. Those are really fun and a little less dangerous. Because yeah, that big one, uh, the big one I was doing a demonstration where you like punch a box with it. So you close it rapidly and it just like shoots forward and it hits the box and it like it could knock someone out i'm pretty sure you should put a boxing glove on it yeah and you can punch with it yeah i think that's like an inspector gadget skit you can test it out on somebody so what what do you got going on jj yeah just doing a bunch of printing like normal trying to make a review of uh laser camera thing which is kind of like octoprint but for laser engravers uh-huh. um and it was working and then now it won't connect to wi-fi and it's it's always frustrating when you're like halfway through something and then it stops working on you yeah so, well I, I think we talked about before i put like a little 20 dollar board camera on my laser yeah thing. yeah and it works great man it's mm-hmm. nice you just put the piece of wood down there and you just position it over and yeah. It does it right there, man. 
this one has cool. some cool connected features where you can connect it to Lightburn, mm-hmm. um, and then you have your model that you can like act- actively adjust where it's going to engrave on the piece of wood. So making it fit in between other cuts and stuff is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds like it's kind of like Octoprint. Yeah, it's also got like an app and all these things that I'm like, I like half the features, not the other half of the features. I don't I don't need an app. I don't care. (laughs) Have you you printed out anything cool for your shorts? Uh, So I printed out this giant Mario warp tube today with the thick nozzle, Um, a bunch of fun stringing prints. Oh, yeah. These yeah, I saw cool. that. I saw Just a couple like, of those. Yeah. Um, yeah, the rain. That's an awesome one. Yeah. Umbrella in the rain type thing. Then I saw a few other ones just before we started recording. Uh, so those will probably be in the next few days. <laughs> yeah, those those are pretty neat. I haven't They're tried anything cool. like that. And so um, easy to print. It's crazy how it just like automatically it just works type thing. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I haven't gotten anything done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a, a video out. Well, I think that was last time. I, I no, we talked about the Ender Three V Three SE, but I actually got the video out for it. Yes, I saw and, that. Uh, that that got a lot of lot of eyeballs on it. That makes me happy. It doesn't happen that often for me. So, all right. So, you guys ready to get into some questions? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, before we do. I want to bring up something that a listener sent us. And this is from Mike Banneke. And Mike says, listening to your podcast, I heard you talking about the labor intensive art of creating profiles for different slicers for different printers and materials. That's when we're talking about the, I think it was Galaxy Slicer that had the, the uh, pre-made profile for the K1 and the K1 Max, oh, yes. which yeah. is a fork of Orca, which is a fork of Bamboo, which is a fork of Prusa. Uh, anyways, he says, one thing I've found is that many of your 3D model websites like printables will also have downloads for different slicers and materials and printers on them as well, such as you can search for K1 Max profile and printables and many different things come up. Thought this may be a helpful suggestion for yourselves or other listeners that may be new to setting up custom profiles and needed a little bit of help. That's actually a really good point, and and I have looked at the, those before. Have you guys ever gotten printer profiles from printables or anything like that? I no, I haven't. So uh, how about you, JJ? I've used them in the past, like a while ago, back. But I feel like slicers are getting better and better, and companies are now putting a little more work into it. So in the last I don't know, year and a half, I haven't, but for the old, like any cubic mega S or artillery Hornet, the older baseline cheap printers where the companies don't put much effort in. Um, yeah. That's a great way to find a baseline profile to start with. I, when I first got my K one, I, I saw one on printables and I downloaded it and used it. And it, it was a mess. Mm-hmm. It was just horrible. So I, I deleted it out of there. And then I tried another one maybe a week ago. And I only printed one thing, and it worked well. Mm, so yeah. uh, I put it in an arc. But that is, that is a good tip. Thank you very much, Michael, for sending that in. Yeah, I think uh, probably, I guess Bamboo Lab has done a really good job with putting uh, good tuned profiles on their thing. And that's kind of set the standard that a lot of people are following now. I mean, yeah. Bruce has been putting out good profiles forever, but I guess nobody was like wanting to do that until Bamboo Lab also did it. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing is uh, when I do my uh, my print profiles, 99% of the time I just start with the Ender 3 profile and just port it to another printer and change the bed size and just hit print. I, re- uh, I remember you made that one for the Ender 5S1. Yeah. I, and I still use that. That works really well. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll go through and do that, but it's like, you know, do I really want to spend two hours just tweaking tiny little settings and rerunning prints? And it can take like 10 hours just rerunning prints and figuring out what little tiny setting is causing everything to mess up. That's why I just use a different slicer. Yeah. <laughs> But it does suck having, you know, five different slicers on your machine for mm-hmm. on your PC for these different ones. It would be nice to just have one slicer. And using those the ones on printables can often be just someone took the time to copy them out of Creality yeah. Print Slicer. So you could port that over to Cura a bit easier. 
Yeah. Well, so I don't I, look at the ones for Kira because mm. you know it's Kira. <laughs> Everybody yeah, same. loves Kira. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. I, I do like the Creality print for the K1 Max. Yeah, I've uh, had really good luck with that. I enjoy it. Slicer. Yeah. yeah, and it's I like how with the it can do like a print farm kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good for multi printer management. My yeah. only complaint with it would be the lack of options for like different speeds and different layer thicknesses and stuff. But yeah. you know, is that is that getting filled out? I haven't really messed with it much lately. No, no okay. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But but you know, it's Cura, so I can't find anything in it. Yeah, there's a search bar right it. at the top. You just type in. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not knocking Cura. <laughs> I just don't use it. It's just like you oh, using Prusa. Yeah. It's just like where the hell is this? Uh huh. And it's got a different name, and I don't know what it means. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so I've got another question here, and this is from Carter. And I thought this was a really good question. Now, this is kind of a long read, but I think it's important that I read his whole email so the audience knows what we're talking about. So it says, hey, guy, listening from Canada, and he apologizes for all the smoke he sent our way. I love the podcast and I've learned quite a bit from your deep dives. Keep up the good work. Nathan's humor and total lack of give a darn makes my sides hurt. (laughs) He didn't say darn. Um, I was hoping you could point me in the right direction for my situation. I'm trying really hard to ignore the hype built up around these next gen printer speeds, but I think there is some merit to them. On one hand, I'm sure I'd gain I'm not sure I'd gain anything as fast. Part cooling typically equals weaker parts. On the other, rapidly printing prototypes would speed up workflow. I am printing shopping, or I am printer shopping and stuck in analysis paralysis. This is a really common thing, and that's why I took that question because it's that happens to me on just $10 items where I spend an hour looking at reviews on Amazon just to buy something stupid. I said, what the heck am I doing? Anyways, so he says, I currently have a highly modified Ender 3 V2. He's got a Dragonfly BMS fan, gyrus firmware, and I've gotten it dialed in to the point where I can click and send to the printer and walk away. I now need something to print ABS, ASA, and maybe uh, CF nylon for functional parts, so having a built-in filter is a huge plus. High-speed PLA or PETG would be a bonus, but not absolutely necessary. I also don't have an immediate need for a bigger build surface, but maybe not a bad idea to get for the future. So it sounds like he wants something with a uh, enclosure. Yes, yeah. Uh, he yep. says, my, my current choices are as follows. He's got a budget of $1,500 Canadian plus or minus $300. What does that equate to American? $1,500. That's, that's like 50 bucks. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not, probably not like, anymore. Not anymore, man. It's like $1,000. Like $1, but it's also, it can be weird with conversion rates. I heard from one comment from someone who was in, it was like Sweden or somewhere. And they were like, the K1 is 600, but the P1P is like 1500 or something. So like, huh different manufacturers can ship different ways to different places. So it gets, well, weird. it sounds, it sounds like he's in bamboo labs territory or K one yeah. max territory. So, uh, should he go with another ender three V two or two or three that are on sale for two eighty nine plus mods will cost about $500 Canadian total with a custom filtered enclosure. Sticking with what I know is appealing to keep the workflow the same, but maybe not the most reliable choice for making functional parts, even if it's an enclosure. It's also outdated, so I'm not sure that it's a good use of my money. They also take up a lot of space. An under 3V3SE plus an enclosed Prusa MK3S. Now he gets a faster printer and a workhorse. It's got a Bamboo Labs at $900. But plus, he's got to add $80 for hardened parts for the carbon fiber. Uh, Crowley K1 or K1 Max, which is $700 to $1,250. One or two Prusa Mark III S Pluses, um, $450 to $700 used with an enclosure. 
or a Prusa Mark IV, which is 1400 plus enclosure. And he's saying that's too expensive for what it is. Any other suggestions? I'm not opposed to buying two printers as long as it fits within the budget. I am inclined to lean towards the K1 Max because I feel like once the source code is released, retrofitting parts would be much easier and the community will embrace it more. Probably not to the same extent as the E3V2, but the ability to fix any deficiencies with the machine long-term would be nice. And he apologizes for the length. And thanks for all you guys do to keep us nerds entertained on long drives and to work. So he's got around $1,500, which we've determined is about 1000 bucks, give or take. Uh, he's not in x1 carbon territory but he's definitely in p1s territory um jj yeah. what's your first thoughts on this yeah um my first uh diagnosis for analysis paralysis is there's so many great printers now yeah. um i understand being totally in that way uh, but i think a lot of it is really nitpicking between printers there's so many great printers out right now that most anyone will be really happy with any of these choices type thing. Um, so I think that's an important thing to start with when that's a very good point, discussing printers and stuff like this. Um, yeah. Well, I've got something to add. So yeah. I think if you're really wanting an enclosed printer, I think it really makes sense to buy it enclosed and get one of those core XY machines because the amount of space it takes up on your desk or workspace when you start with a bed slinger and then wrap an enclosure around it, it ends up just taking up a ton of room and you're adding a bunch of additional costs to the thing just in the enclosure. So I would kind of limit it down to one of the, one of the core XY machines. The, the thing I don't like about putting an enclosure around it, especially like an Ender 3 V2 or even the, the, the Prusa machines is all those electronics are not meant to be in a heated environment. They need to be kept cool. So yeah. my first reaction to that would be is I got to take the the all the electronics, the electronics box, lengthen all the wires and move it outside the enclosure along with the power supply, which is right. a lot of work because I wouldn't want that stuff in there. I mean, I have, uh, I don't think the motor should have that, but, you know, what are you going to do? The motors have to be in there. Plus, yeah. if there's any 3D printed parts and they're not made out of, you know, like ABS or ASA, they could warp. And I don't know how well, how well does PET-G work in an enclosure? Have you guys ever tried it for something like that? Really I think it works okay. It's not going to be like as good as ASA or ABS. But the other thing is uh, when you have a bed slinger in an enclosure, you have so much volume inside of that enclosure that it's really hard to maintain a higher temperature in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, even what if it's in a... JJ? Oh, that it really depends on how warm your temp your enclosure gets. Because I've had it, it works. Or if you have it just get really hot on a really hot day, you can have it start to deform. I've had it start to deform slightly. Um, okay. Just because right. it was a super hot day in the summer type thing. Yeah. You're going to add something, Nathan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I forgot to say, I think this is a really great question and it's something that I struggle with too. And, you know, looking at computers or cars or anything. And I yep. think that's why YouTube is such a valuable thing as you go there and you hear so many different opinions, but oh. it can either add to the, uh, <laughs> it can either inform you and help you make a decision or just add to the confusion though. Okay. Well, I think that we can settle this whole thing really quickly. Everybody out there listening, don't watch anybody's YouTube videos, <laughs> but mine. Okay. And I will set, I will set you straight. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to look at anybody else's and get confused. Actually, no, you, you want to do that in some cases, mm -hmm. but you're right. absolutely right, Nathan. I mean, you, you watch one and it's, Oh, watch this one. Oh, and then watch this one. And you watch four different videos and you get four different opinions. Everything from this is the greatest printer ever made to it's a complete piece of crap. Yeah. Well, there's a bias on a lot of channels to just say every printer is the best printer, because if you buy it, then, you know, through affiliate links, they'll get compensated for that. So, I yeah. mean, it's kind of like a sales salesman thing. So, I mean, find someone that you trust and kind of has the same values and opinions that, that you have. 
Um, I think a lot of these printers, they have, they all have good points like mm -hmm. JJ mentioned, but there's also a downside to everything. There's always a negative. So you have to look at the things that are, are really nice and the things that are not so really nice. And if they apply to what you're printing and what your needs are, you know, my needs and what I think is valuable might not be the same as, you know, JJ's for sure or Nathan's and things that I find offensive or I've, I don't like about a printer. You guys might say, Oh, that's not a problem. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like personally, I don't like being locked down into an ecosystem where I can't do my own upgrades and maintenance. So mm -hmm. that kind of bugs me about the K1 and the P1S. Um, though between the two, I mean, I think the P1S is slightly more serviceable than the K1, just because they're both using these parts that are glued into place. Um, but at least uh, Bamboo Lab is offering replacement sub-assemblies and stuff. Mm. I think uh, there's a lot of value of just going with the flow and getting what's most popular because if, uh, if something sells really well, then a manufacturer will continue to support it longer and you'll have more aftermarket parts and stuff, which, you know, coming from an Ender 3, you probably know that feeling well. There's just mm -hmm. so many aftermarket parts for Ender 3s and dedicated walkthroughs for doing everything on the machine. I think it's going to be pretty similar if you go with a Bamboo Lab machine or you know, another Ender 3 or even the Prusa machines. Um, but when you get into more smaller manufacturers like uh, Artillery or Anycubic, then it can be harder to find those uh, help resources. But um, I'd like to add one printer to your list to consider, and that would be the uh, um, the Chidi machines. They're actually pretty good. Yeah, I was actually gonna I was actually gonna mention that because his his thing it sounds it sounds to me like Carter wants to do things that needs a heated enclosure, and the the cheating machines actually have an active heater inside. Correct. Yeah, and I did a review the two, on the one. The two top ones have it. The one I have does the Max the something Max. I, People are telling me that the uh, the plus has it. I just kind of did a half bake first take video on oh, it. Oh yeah, and I, I, I forgot don't like to mention the GD it. printer, so I'll put that one out there. Um, yeah, I think the GD Max is too big of a printer. It's too heavy. Everything you need is on the back, so like changing filament is a huge pain. Yeah. The screen doesn't have a lot of buttons that make it usable. Like filament yeah. retract. You press retract filament, then it's like, oh, it's too cold. And then you're like, well, it's like, are you going to heat that up like, for me? Are you going to fix it for me? Like every other printer. It doesn't heat it up automatically? No, you have to go in there and say heat oh filament my. to 220 degrees and the, then wait that, and then press retract. It's, yeah. Is, do you have access to the config files? I could do it on the online. Yeah, you could write a macro for it and clipper. Yeah, but say put a, I put guess a macro. If the, yeah, if the clipper screen is just calling a macro. Yeah, because you can just, I think it's just a, sim, a single line. It's like miniature temperature equals mm. 180 degrees in the extruder section. Yeah. And it, if if it's not 180, it'll automatically heat up, I think. I need to see, because it's a custom clipper screen they're running there. Yeah. So I need to see if I it's calling a... Right, but then you're getting into this whole technical problem yeah, solving yeah. thing just to have something work. It's just up. all these annoying yeah. things it has. Yeah. But the, like. it sounds like... It sounds to me like Carter, that wouldn't bother him because he's obviously done firmware upgrades before because mm -hmm. he, he uses the Gyrus firmware, which is a, 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 mo a, a modified Marlin firmware that you put on the Ender 3 V2. He's changed the hot end. He's done fan work on it. So it sounds like he's done some modding. Mm -hmm. So I don't think... I don't think that the Chidi would be that bad of a machine for him because it has the active cooling and those things, which I think would still be a problem. I have, I don't have one of those machines, mm -hmm. but I think one of the things that still be, would be a problem for me anyways, is having the filament on the back. Yeah. On a 60 pound printer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta yeah. slide it and jostle it around and hope it doesn't fall off your table or, you know, like, you need a deep table to be able to rotate it all the way around and put it in the, it's got a filament dry box in the back. That's a few millimeters bigger than the spool. 
So you got to feed the filament in through the reverse Bowden tube and then fit it in. It's, it's all these yeah. like little things that just make it difficult to use. <laughs> I think the Bamboo Lab printers definitely have the filament change out like um, kind of down to a science the best mm -hmm. because they have that filament cutter built in. And like when you need to change filament, it takes like 10 or 20 seconds versus the other machines. You end up having to fish filament through Bowden tubes and stuff. And you've got the AMS. Yes. Yeah. Which Makes is none of these machines have. Right. But uh, well, you got a P1P with the with the AMS for about the same price. I don't know how the conversion rates go, but it should be around the same price, a little bit more than the K1 Max. Correct? Yes. Yeah. And the only thing you're really losing P1S with the with AMS, the AMS is around a thousand. The thing, the thing you're really losing going from the K1, let's say a K1 Max to a P1S is the bed size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Nathan looks deep in thought. <laughs> yeah. Looks like I he mean, Googled something. I mean, I haven't been making videos for a while and I've just been thinking of the state of the 3d printer market. And I'm like, man, all of these printers suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Nice. I'm getting a little jaded. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's, go ahead. Yeah. There's just like so many, like when you buy a computer or a smartphone or a microwave, it works like 99 to a hundred percent of the time. And then you get a 3d printer and it works like 80% of the time. And it's like, why are we stuck in this kind of stone age of reliability and usability? I feel like no, we're, we've, we've had, go ahead. We're, we're living through the early two thousands of cell phones type thing. Like yeah. everything keeps changing. Like the technology is such still on the early curve well, the, of it. The, the thing that really, I think changed quite a bit or made the market change quite a bit was the bamboo labs x1 carbon mm -hmm. that was just like it, it totally changed the market it's i, I here's a word I, I like using specificity here's another word i never get to use it was a paradigm shift ding 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 word of the day paradigm, it was a paradigm shift in the direction of marketing to consumers it yeah. was all of a sudden speed and car XY became a thing where it wasn't that big of a deal before. Okay. 50 millimeters right. a second. Okay. It takes three hours to print this, this thing. Okay. Everybody was happy that everyone was concerned more about, you know, uh, print quality. Didn't really care if that much if it was a bed slinger or not. And car XY was reserved for the Voron stuff mm -hmm. and wasn't for consumers. Then this thing came out. And everybody had to have it. And all of a sudden, all the other manufacturers go, well, we better hop on this this train too, or we're going to get left behind, which is, which I think is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But it, it not only changed the into the core XY thing, but then you look at like the... Even the bed slingers are getting faster. Yeah, the Ender 3 V3 SE. Yeah. Even for a, just a, a Marlin-based bed slinger for $200, and it... Can it can move at 180 millimeters a second? Print well at 180 millimeters a second. You know, two years ago it was like, wow, that's a I got sixty. Yeah, yeah, right. I got sixty millimeters a second. Oh my yeah, gosh, so, I got my profiles tuned. <laughs> but the thing that changed on that not only the 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 speed, but it's not as moddable as an under three would be. Right. They changed a lot of stuff and they not that they made it unmoddable, but they made it to be more like an appliance mm -hmm. where you well, just turn it, it on, do a few things and it prints. I think the two big things with the Ender 3 V3 SE is uh, the speed and the usability. Like they completely eliminated any type of manual tuning that you have to do, which is something that Bamboo Lab also focused on is just taking that out of the experience and making it more automated. Yeah, and that's that's my point. That that whole that it was a, it was a shift in the way their marketing was telling engineering what to do. We need this now because the market is telling us we need this. We have to start making it too, or we're going to get left behind. But back to Carter's question, because we could spend hours <laughs> talking about that. If this was me, 
and I wanted to do this, I would probably go with a, a Bamboo Labs P1S and an AMS if it's in the budget, but you can add an active heater to that thing. Hmm. That would be your mod. You can add an active heater to anything. So why not put it on there? I don't know how important an active heater is. I don't either. Yeah. But that, I guess what I'm saying is you could try uh-huh. the P1S with the AMS. I think the P1S yes, with yeah. an AMS for an enclosed printer with the ability to change prints or, or mm-hmm. uh, filament, I think it's a huge deal. Uh, now that I have my AMS, I print on my Bamboo Lab, my Bamboo Lab P1P more than any other printer, just because mm-hmm. I don't have to change filaments in it. I can just hit a button. Oh, I want this one now. <laughs> I don't have to go out in the garage, man. It's, it's mine's, nice. Mine's the, I use the K1 Max as my most used printer yeah. um, just because it's bigger. Um, it just seems to print a little faster. I don't know. It's more reliable for me. I like the build plate. The, my build plate on the P1P is horrible. Yeah, you said you so I just don't use it very often. I need to get a new yeah. build plate for it. Maybe I'd use it more. But so, between those two is, I think, the best options. So you think the, the K1 Max is the best option? Some sort of, either K1 or K1 Max or the P1P or P1S. Um, if you're really into modding and upgrading maybe wait to see once Clipper or Creality releases the source code. Yeah, you can't, you can't do that, JJ. Make a decision for him. Right now. Make, make a recommendation of one printer that's in his price range. I think the K1 or K1 Max. <laughs> that's two printers. Well, uh, well, K1 Max. K1 Max, sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got some stuff on it that the K1 doesn't have. It's mm-hmm. got the larger print surface. Yes, it's got the 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 lidar, mm-hmm. which we don't know how valuable that is yet. The, the the stuff is there for the AI, but it doesn't work yet. Um, so all right, Nathan. Uh, yeah, since you're not, you didn't specifically mention that you need a larger build volume. Mm-hmm. It's more of a nice to have. I think probably the P one P one S plus AMS would probably give you the best experience. The only thing about me is I'm like very anti using the cloud, mainly because I don't have internet at my office. So it's like, you know, any printer that forces you to use that kind of internet connectivity, it doesn't add anything to me and it just adds more complications than it, than it benefits. Does it, can you still use it just LAN only mode? You can, I can still use it in LAN only mode or use an SD card, but Mm -hmm. The LAN, the, the Wi-Fi broke on one of my, uh, on one of the P1Ps. So now I'm limited to only using micro SD cards and I'm just, I just don't use it now because, and I don't know how to fix it because it's not like other printers where, you know, I can buy, the, I, I just don't know how it works. You know, it's not like okay. Ender 3s of old where you, you see each PCB and it's like, oh, that's broken. Let me fix that. All right. That, that, I said yeah. that that's that's fair enough. But you still think the P one P one S with a AMS is a good choice for him? I think for most people it's a good option. It's just for me personally, it isn't. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard for me to recommend um, one over another when it's like I know that my use case and what I value is different than the average consumer. Yeah, um, it's going to be different. Yeah, but like I said yeah. based on. I'm just trying to pin you down, dude. Yeah. But based on what Carter wants, not what you want, but what Carter wants and needs. Yeah. For Carter, I would say, you know, go with the P1S. I mean, I've heard a lot of people that are very happy with their purchase and they use them a lot. Yeah. Um, my K1s, I've I've broken them a couple of times. I break all my <laughs> printers. You know, my P1P's broken, my P1, uh, my, my K1's broken, so... One of the things I look forward to getting a new printer is tearing it apart and fixing stuff on it, yeah. changing things. Mm-hmm. I remember when I got my my Ender 5, I bought that with the purpose of I only really wanted the frame and the motor and the motion system. Yeah. And that's what I found an old Ender 5, one of the original Ender 5s. I bought it for like $200. But it had all the motors and the frame and everything. 
I stripped everything else off of it and completely rebuilt it. I did that twice so far. I did have actually did a video on the second time. Yeah, it's I, a I good rebuilt. project. Like you changed everything. It's, it was impressive video. Yeah. It's a great project and it's a great printer for a PLA. It doesn't print very fast, but mm. I'll tell you what, if I want like super accurate parts and I don't care about the time cause it only prints at like 60 to 80 millimeters a second, the, the parts on it are just top notch. Yeah. Top notch. Yeah. So if I had to pick, you know, probably I'd recommend the P1S AMS combo. Right. Um, but, you know, personally, I think I should be getting more into these uh, kit builds like Vorons and mm. some of these uh, home built projects like the Rook and the 100. And I think uh, Rolahan, who designed the Rook, also came out with a new printer just the other day. It's like a it's, Panda or yeah. something like that. The Panda Mini, it looks like a pretty sweet little machine. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a tinker, and I think that kind of thing more aligns with my values and should be something I, I look into a little bit more on my channel. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I've, I've watched him. He had the first one, which is the Rook, mm-hmm. and then the Panda. And I, I, I looked at both of those. And I was kind of like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Eh, maybe, maybe not. I've got some other stuff going on. It doesn't really. It interests me, but it didn't excite me. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, if you've already got a high speed printer, then I don't know why you would want to build your own. But if you don't have a high speed printer and. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a it's hobby. Fun. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what like were we going to say, JJ? The Rook excites me. I saw a bunch of them at Murph. And what excites me about it is that I've got all those parts laying around. Mm-hmm. Some of these more complex, like I'm just now looking at the Panda, his Panda Mini. And I'm like, that looks hard to build versus <laughs> the the Rook looks like a fun afternoon. Or not really an afternoon. It would take but, yeah, a yeah. lot of time, but like a fun few afternoons. And you could get it put together and be printing on a nearly fully 3d printed little printer there was there was a guy that released a video actually today or yesterday it's i think matt the printing nerd oh uh, yes yeah. matt the printing nerd and he has a project that i've been following for a while called the 100 and it's like the fifth fastest printer in the speedboat competition and he built it for about 300 dollars worth of parts the whole thing is 3d printed like yeah i think i think it's called the 100 because it can do 100,000 millimeters per second squared acceleration which is insane it is insane it's 10 g's yeah and he he did the video and he talked about something i thought was pretty interesting he he shows the printer and it's moving around on the table and he said Mm. that's it was he designed it to do that so when the force is going one way Nothing is stopping that force. Yeah. So it's not banging it around, if that makes sense. Huh. I, it makes sense. I, I but, And he used the word paradigm. So I, that's why I threw that yeah. in there. Um, but that looks like a really cool project. That project got me excited because I have all the parts for that machine, too. It looks like it's a bunch of parts from a, a Prusen machine that he used. Yeah. And it's all it's all 3D yeah. printed. Well, if you have the frame floating around, really the motor is applying a relative uh, motion between the print head and the print frame. So if you if you imagine your printer floating around in space, then you know your print head is going to move and your frame is going to move together in opposite mm-hmm. directions. Um, so maybe you can actually get faster print speeds if you launch your printer into space. but that looked like a really cool project too and i think i told you guys i was actually i think i'm going to build a voron too Mm, a big one i'm just i'm just trying to decide which kit i'm going to buy yeah um it's not going to be an ldo kit because it's just too damn expensive Uh, i don't think it's worth the extra 50 percent. so i'm trying to figure out it's going to be the five stack or the Act or whatever the heck it is, or the form bot. Yeah, I still haven't built uh, any kit printers except for the Rat Rig V Minion, which was a really fun little printer. Yeah, I should do more with it, but I don't know. I whenever I see three D printed parts, I'm like, uh, is that gonna hold up? Is it gonna? 
move a little bit over time. I mean, it, people uh, have them and they work. They so work well, right. JJ fine. can attest to it, man. That My, Voron Zero, it's it's a tank, man. Yeah. It's, it's funny tank. with a lot of the Voron, or with this one, I need to take the door off of it because I've never closed, I haven't closed the door in a few yeah. years now. <laughs> yeah, you took the door off of your K1 the and other K1, day. <laughs> if you just hit it real hard, the K1 door will just come Dark. right off. Yeah. Self disassembly. Well, I I personally have, um, like, from my experience, my introduction to seeing V-Zeros was going to East Coast Rep Rap Festival last year. And, like, three of them were broken. And I'm like, what are you guys doing with these printers? So I just kind of had a, a perception of, like, maybe they aren't super uh, sturdy or reliable. But from what people say, they, they are actually pretty strong. It took a while to get mine up. It was like it was built, and then it was probably another six months of until I finally built bought a orbiter extruder for it. Um, but it's a lot of tinkering and fixing. It's a it's a project. It's a fun little project of a printer. I just put uh, LDO orbiter on my V zero two. Yeah, with uh, the dragon burner body, it uses larger fans. It uses forty ten oh, okay. fans instead of thirty yeah. ten fans, so it's got better part cooling. Uh, it worked really, works really well, mm-hmm. works really well. So, all right. We spent, I think the bulk of our podcast just on that one question. Um, is there anything else you want to add to this discussion? Well, I would say, you know, put a, put a, a dollar value on your time. And as soon as you spent a hundred hours, uh, <laughs> thinking about this decision, think about how much that's costing you. So, you know, sometimes it makes sense to just like go with your gut and just buy the one that you think is right and then deal with the consequences. Worst case, you'll have to buy another one. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you spend a hundred hours thinking about it, then maybe if you would have been doing something useful with that time, you'd have an extra thousand dollars to buy another printer with. Yeah. Productivity is overrated. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add, JJ? No, I think that I think it was a good discussion of sort of the state of the union of current printers yeah, out there. Like, yeah. I, and I, it'll I, change. It'll uh, you know every print. Or, or I've heard the rumblings of every company is going to put out a new printer by the holiday. Uh, holiday seasons are coming, yeah. so if you don't make a decision now, it could get way harder. Yeah, there's so months. many. There's so many launches going on all the time. Yeah. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. I, I guess the, the the best piece of advice I can give Carter is make a list of what's important and things that are not important and just compare two or three printers. Nail it down to two or three printers, not five or six. But I would definitely look at uh, printers with enclosures on them, which limits to to what you have, and then just figure out what's most important to you and go with that one. Because I I think if you went with a a Cheaty, a Creality, or a Bamboo Lab, I think you'll be happy with any one of those choices. Mm They're just different printers, right? Well, that's a very optimistic yeah. outlook guy. I mean, he could also be miserable with any of them. Very true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But here's the thing. It, I, With the exception of Bamboo Labs, you can buy these printers on Amazon. Uh, yes. Amazon is probably, if they listen to this, which they don't, but if they do, <laughs> they'd probably say, no! A lot of these companies have, you have to look, for the free returns yeah. with a 30 day return. So within 30 days, no questions asked. You just box the thing up and you send it back. No restock, nothing. Just ship. Yeah. It. I so, return about half the items I buy on Amazon. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> yeah. I, myself, I don't do that, but you can do that. And in this case, it's a major purchase. It's a thousand dollars. You know, U.S., $1,000, give or take. So it's mm-hmm. a big purchase. This is a major purchase. So like I said, with the exception of the bamboo, the the Creality or the Chidi, I think are, both those are available on Amazon. So buy it on Amazon and check, check the returns because there's probably different vendors that have returns and don't have returns. All right. So, last last option, just to be funny. Um, okay. You could... You could buy, you know, a less expensive printer than what, what your budget is, and then put the remainder into a, a low cost index fund and then <laughs> let that money grow and then buy an even better printer next year. Yeah. But, uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Because it's going to get, it's good. Before Christmas, there's going to be about a dozen new printers. That's going to be, and I, I, I'm sure Creality has some coming out. Um, Bamboo Lab. Bamboo will have stuff come out. Uh, Neptune will have another one, one or two come out because somebody will put out a printer that's different and new. And it's like, oh gosh, we got to do the same thing now. So there'll be a lot of copycats going on. And, it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. There's just, there's just no way around it. So I've got another question here that we're going to hit real quick. And this is from John LaRue, our friend, John LaRue from Kirkwood, Missouri. And says, Hey guys, I am at that stage in my life that I have a printer. I no longer need or want. It's an Ender three pro with some mods and upgrades. There's an organization locally that I can donate it to so that it will hopefully help someone else get hooked on the hobby. My only reservation is that this was my very first printer and I don't have any sentimental attachment to it now, I think, but wanted to see if you've ever had any regrets about gifting, selling, getting rid of a printer as Nathan did throwing it off the roof of his building into a dumpster. Thanks a lot, John LaRue from Kirkwood, Missouri. So JJ, have you ever become sentimentally attached to any of your printers? I am sentimentally. It seems like you're in a cubic you are. Yeah, I still got the Anacubic down there and it doesn't, it's got some weird ghost issue that I need to fix, but it That's hasn't been fixed. It. You will fix it though, right? No, uh, no he probably won't. I probably <laughs> just will never throw it away and keep it in the corner because it's got a good little spot for it. Or my Voron that I built myself. Like, I've got a sentimental attachment that I wouldn't give that one away. Uh-huh. But it's also small enough. Um, but beyond those two printers, uh, I don't have any qualms with g- anyone that I've sold or given away. Um, it's always good to see it go to someone who's going to actually use it. Have you, ever, have you ever had any regrets about giving something away? Like, I know this thing is a piece of junk. I do have a pile of ones that I need to get up to a working order before I can give them or sell them away Yeah, that I, I would feel bad giving a piece of junk away. No, yeah, that, that's why I've never given away any printers because they're all, <laughs> they're all kind of junky in my opinion. It's like, unless someone's already into 3d printing, uh, I don't want to be the person that sells them a 3d printer. And then they they're like, well, I don't like that's, this. I just wasted it. Yeah. Um, but I think, that these printers, they're kind of like, they're kind of cool and unique. And they're kind of like a snapshot of the current state of 3D printers and the, the way that they're designed. It's just like old classic cars, you know, like someday <laughs> a car might be valuable because it looks cool. I feel the same way about um, my first printer I bought was, uh, you can look it up. I think I got to remember the name. It's a simple it's a printer bot simple printer bot simple metal so if you look that thing up it's got like a really cool industrial design to it and i don't think they'll ever make another printer like it because it's just expensive to build something like that and it doesn't necessarily make sense and Mm -hmm. it's not super optimal but i just think it looks cool and that's one of the reasons why i haven't gotten rid of that printer even after like eight years have you Um, you you ever gotten rid of anything that you had regrets about um, I think the Flying Bear Ghost Six. I shouldn't have thrown that one off the balcony. But it, it's cool just... because it's Flying Bear. <laughs> yeah, I mean oh, it's in the name. Be free. But uh, yeah, that one had like a bad fan MOSFET because of some stupid thing I was doing with it. So I was like, I'm <laughs> just gonna get rid of it. It worked uh, fine until I fudged around with it a little bit. Yeah, I, I shorted some things out. It, <laughs> it was not. It was not Flying Bear's fault whatsoever. And, it's a good, it was a good printer. Yeah. Uh, but in general, I think I need to like downsize and get rid of printers. And I don't think that's a bad thing because, you know, you've got limited space. Something that I like to do now more than ever in my life is I like to get things that are more minimal and just kind of uh, limit the the number of things in your life so that you're not overwhelmed with all the crap that you have. I have given one printer away and that was my Ender 3 V2. I gave that actually to the vice president of our company, but it works fine. I gave it to him and I, I tuned up. I actually put a, um, 
micro Swiss, their hot end with the extruder and the fan. What's that called? It's like an NG or something like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. The NG is yeah. a good one. The NG. Yeah. So I actually had that on there. I, I, it works perfectly and it's still sitting in his office. And I see it every time I go in there and that was six months ago, maybe seven months ago, I gave it to him. So he hasn't even tried it out yet, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't have any regrets giving away. I actually, uh, Theo, a friend of my son's wrote in a question from last po- for last podcast. And I've been thinking out which printer I'm going to give him. Now, I don't know if he's ever had one before, but I'm probably going to give him the Ender 3V3SE. Yeah, that's a good one for a beginner. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll print for him and it'll, you know, it'll work for him. Um, and I, I won't have any regrets about that. I don't, I don't have any sentimental attachments to any printer. I, I actually that, um, Prusa Mark three, probably the most, cause that's the first printer I built because I printed all the parts for that and built it myself because it's a clone. So I just got a big box full of, you know, pieces. So, and you built it yourself and you're still not sentimental over it. I, I am a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I am a little bit. So I think that's why I'm going to take it. I'm going to make it, uh, take the parts out of it and make it the, the 100 out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't Maybe think JJ five. can. Oh yeah. That's a, that's another good point. Um, but first I want to say, I don't think JJ is going to get rid of his V zero ever. No. Yeah. It just works, you know, and yeah. I, it's yep. nice that it is a project printer so you can just keep upgrading it and changing it around. And yeah, that's why I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to get a Voron two. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a Voron 2.4. I'm but 99% sure. One of the things that um, made it easier for me to take apart a printer and like decommission it was to take some parts off of it and build it into another printer because then you're kind of justifying the disassembly. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're not having to buy so many parts to build another project. Yeah. And it's kind of like that printer lives on through the next printer. So it's like... Yeah. So it doesn't really cost anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit of time. But, you know, that's myself. That's what I get out of the hobby. Because I, I print a few little tchotchkes here and there, but most of the time I'm just printing stuff for other printers that I'm working on. Because I mm-hmm. like taking the stuff apart and putting it back together and messing around with the electronics. I, it's a hobby. I like to tinker. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it. Is there anything else you want to add, guys? No, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, I was gonna, what were you going to say, Nathan? You, you took my line. I was going to say no. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys. And remember, we really do need questions and participation from you, the listener. And we got some really great questions the last time. Um, please keep sending them on in. So go to perfectfirstlayer.com, go to the submit page and send it in. Or you can email us at perfectfirstlayer at gmail.com. Thank you, JJ. Where can our listeners find you? On social media, JJ. I'm on YouTube at JJ Shankles. All right. And what about you, Nathan? I'm on YouTube. Just look up Nathan Builds Robots. All right. And I can be found on YouTube at Guy's Shop and just about anything under Guy's Woodshop. So thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks, guys. Bye. Sounds good. Bye.